I'm gonna need some size for yeah. sure. Yeah. I'm gonna need some size and um, <laughs> you know, some defense and in in interior. Yeah. yeah. Especially yeah. with Giannis and LeBron James Without playing question. such great basketball this year. I need somebody to offset that, so I I'm going to go with uh, Rudy Gobert. I agree. I agree. That, that, I agree. Out, that worked out nicely. Nice. That worked out nicely. I mean, you can't let people Good run job, through the lane baby. and dunk all the time. <laughs> Ask somebody defending back there. Hey, let's not check us. Mm. Hey, that's hey. Hey, when somebody won't out, you let them go. Don't let them come back. I'm with you, KD. Yeah, that's why I cut my hair off. <laughs> I was like, I'm gone. <laughs> so so uh, James Harden goes to uh, LeBron, James. LeBron James as the final selection uh, of the All-Star yeah. draft. Jack. Is he, can he, is he, is he, he hasn't played. Is he healthy? Who's that? James, he hasn't played. Uh, do, he's uh, he's like missed. What happens if he doesn't? Oh, he got traded. He's healthy now. He's missed the last three with a, with a hammy. <laughs> <laughs> and, see, and now we know why LeBron carries hey, a clipboard hey, with him to the, uh, to the hey, drive. Hey, LeBron. Oh, my God. Trust me, right man. now, he's rubbing some ice and hot on that thing. He's playing the next game. No <laughs> <laughs> <Old> questions. <laughs> I can't. I can't with KD, just oh next year God. bring a clipboard. It, it comes in. It comes in very handy. Yeah, you, don't have to, you can hide your face like LeBron's been doing. Welcome to Words with Logan and Friends, a podcast where we talk about sports, life, and a variety of topics submitted by you, the listener. My podcast is now available on all streaming services. Welcome into the words with Logan and friends after another extended hiatus. Nate and I are back because I clearly can't keep a podcasting schedule along with my actual full-time job. The only one I can really do is fantasy football, it seems like, on a weekly basis. But I think that Nate and I are getting back onto it at a pretty good time with the NBA trade deadline happening today, February 10th, 2022. And it was pretty busy, even if we go back a couple days. Quite a few trades actually happened. Um, Nate, what did you think just overall as you saw some of these trades? Uh, overall, it started a little slow and i was getting a little worried that we weren't going to see uh much happen but uh today the floodgates really opened so i like seeing chaos in the nba i don't like when things are boring i want interesting things to happen so i really love this deadline i just counted and there were 16 trades that we have on this list if you recall last year's nba trade deadline was pretty boring actually um it was also, yeah, we didn't make any big trades, did we? No, I don't, I mean, I can't really think of anything. Nothing really stands out. This year, we actually were a participant in a trade, and it was a four-way trade, which we'll eventually kind of talk about. Um, leading up to the trade deadline, what have been your kind of thoughts on the NBA since... I think we talk, started talking, what was it, 25 games into the season or so? Yes, somewhere around there. So what have, what have you thought about um, like being the key storylines, either with the Bucs or just any other team in the league? Um, Bucks in general, I remember we were talking about our concerns with uh, injuries and uh, just not playing well. Well, that kind of got thrown to the wayside because Giannis has just been dominant. This West Coast trip recently, I was worried about, but I mean, we're three and zero, and we're averaging 135 points per game, so you can't get much better than that. But I was really looking at Dennis Schroeder as a trade target for the Bucks because I saw a lot of reports for that. Um, but they were asking for uh, Dante, um, and they were unwilling to give up Grant Williams in that trade. Which I know you wanted Robert Williams, and you got a little excited. Yeah, when, Robert, uh, not Grant Williams. Williams. I don't think there's any yeah. way we would have got Robert. <laughs> no, I mean that's their starting five, and he's actually played really well. But Time Lord. overall, man, I'm really happy with the way the Bucks have been looking. I mean, when the big three plays, they kind of look unbeatable for the most part. So I got pulled up here. You mentioned Schroeder. I pulled up his contract. 
now that he was traded to Houston, it's five point eight million. Um, I don't really know if Houston's gonna keep him. They might, but um, well, guaranteed the whole thing's guaranteed. Um, player cannot be traded with other players until April tenth. Well, yeah, that's post NBA season. Um, right. <laughs> they could honestly cut him. I don't think they're going to he's basically playing for his next contract wherever he ends mm-hmm. up he's he's solid enough to be on a team i know boston kind of their fans didn't embrace him as as well this year right well and sense. i mean does boston really embrace anybody that's not playing yeah. at an all-star level i mean geez he's playing 30 minutes a game um he's averaging around 44% from the field um, at around 14 points a game, which if you look at his seasonal averages, it's low compared to the last five years. It's the lowest since 2015 when he was with Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Uh, he spent last year obviously with the Lakers where he played a lot. And then the two before that he played with the Thunder. Um, but he's kind of taken a minor dip in his points. Um, his assists are just pretty consistent as well. But so, what do you like about him? Did you do you feel like we need another guard? Um, well, like George Hill's been kind of um, inconsistent this year. Uh, I didn't really love the signing when they brought him back, and now he's hurt with a neck injury or neck soreness or whatever it is. It's just there's so many uncertainties with the Bucks, and I mean, if you watch. Um, <clears throat> this West coast trip, the bench isn't really doing much other than Pat Connington. And I mean, I love Greg Monroe, love him, but I mean, you need a guard that really controls that second unit. And I feel like that's kind of what the bucks have been missing, especially since Dante is gone now, but I don't know. I feel like, I feel like uh Schroeder could have been that scoring boost that they needed, but yeah, if you look at the West coast, you have two teams that have already won 40 games. And the Suns and the Warriors. The Suns are forty-four and ten, so we're going to be playing at their place tonight. And then the Warriors are forty-one and fourteen, and then right behind them, twenty games over five hundred are the Grizzlies with thirty-eight wins. Yeah, the West are really top-heavy because like, once you get past those teams, it's just kind of a wash. Jazz are thirty-four wins, I mean, but Rudy Gobert has been hurt pretty much the whole year. Right, and I mean the Mavs just sent KP for. Spencer Dinwiddie, who, and we've all heard the reports on that in Washington. How is the atmosphere in Minnesota about those Wolves being the current seven seed? Man, people are loving it. <laughs> oh my god, I I never thought people would get so excited over a seven seed. I mean, I have one buddy who he was texting me last night. He said that. They haven't had a six-game win streak since 2004. <laughs> that is insane to me. I mean, I feel like teams just win six games in a row on accident sometimes. But, uh, my God, you're telling me you can't win six games in a row with Cat and, and D-Ross or, you know, looking at those past teams with Jimmy Butler. You, oh, that's That stat was just so bizarre to me. But, yeah, people are loving it up here. So they're projecting them right now at 44 wins, uh, which would leave them 44 and 38, and then an 80% chance at the playoffs. But I guess the postseason technically is the top 10. So, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, this isn't funny. So Lakers, they're projecting a 22% chance at the postseason. The Pelicans, a 37% chance. So 15% higher chance the Pelicans make it. Oh my God. And the Pelicans, the Pelicans started out so bad this yeah. year too. Oh my God. And the Lakers make no moves. Yeah. And then we were laughing about the Nets, you know, dropping all the way to seventh, but they made a trade that's definitely going to be helping them in the long run. Uh, kind of get out of the basement. Yeah. Especially defensively. Uh, Cause I mean, you know, Kevin Durant and Kyrie, as great scorers as they are, they're not going to lock anybody down. But now they got Ben Simmons who can throw on anybody in the league. And, I mean, not knowing what Ben Simmons is going to look like because we haven't seen him in 
so long, but I mean, you got to assume that he's going to be able to play some defense. So I figure we should just get right into the trades. If we can take a look at the list again, there are 16. Some of these we won't be really talking about much at all, but just kind of wanted to spew them out there. Uh, we'll start at the top. It was a trade between the Cleveland Cavaliers and the Indianapolis Pacers. Um, so the Cavs receive Karis LeVert in a second round pick. Now, the Cavs, they have Isaac Okoro, um, and he's more defensively strong. Like I haven't really been wa- – honestly, I don't really watch much. I haven't been watching much this year. Uh, now that we're at the trade deadline and we're you know, 50-ish games in, I feel like I'm going to start watching a little bit, but I have not watched like the general NBA all that much. Um, I know the Cavs have really surprised with their front court of Allen and – and uh, Mobley, but is Lavert mm-hmm. a starter for Cleveland, or is he going to be uh, taking kind of like the six man approach with a Coral? I think they play the same position, so uh, I would assume he would start uh, right alongside uh, Darius Garland. Um, but I mean, if he came off the bench, that'd be huge. Just that huge scoring punch off the bench, especially with Kevin Love being that six man because he's been playing lights out for that team yeah. but i would i would assume he'd be starting for them and then they sent away ricky rubio who is out for the year and a first round pick and two second round picks so the pacers get three picks and ricky rubio um kind of to be determined on what they do with him for next year mm-hmm. i'm i'm actually gonna google he may be a free agent um, let's see. I, I think I want to see he's on a one-year contract year. with the Suns oh, really? in, initially. But yeah, you, oh, this okay, is his okay. last eight year of his deal. So an okay. expiring contract. It definitely doesn't fit their mold of what we kind of see them doing anyways. Right. Well, the Pacers, fi- it seemed like they finally picked a direction instead of just saying, we're going to go for the seven, six, or five seed in the playoffs and see what we can go from there. So I don't know. Getting rid of Levert kind of showed me that they wanted change in that organization. They got rid of Sabonis, who is arguably their best player, player as we're going to talk about. Um, I mean, you got now you got Halliburton and Miles Turner kind of battling mm-hmm. it out probably for their best player. Uh, but I feel like they need to lose more games knowing that they're kind of committing to the younger youth movement. Right. Well, and I mean, with the East getting so strong over this trade deadline, I feel like they'll just naturally lose these games, mm-hmm. um, especially with Sabonis. I mean, Sabonis did everything for them. Then we had a trade between the New Orleans Pelicans and the Portland Trailblazers. This one was actually kind of interesting. I, I'm curious what Damian Lillard thinks about the deal because it's kind of like the Fresh Prince of Bel Air meme where Will Smith's just standing in the middle of the living room with no one else there. Because CJ McCollum, um, Tony Snell, and Lance. Who's Lance? Oh, Larry Nance. Sorry. Oh, Larry Nance, yes. Not Lance. I don't know why he's Lance. Yep, that's my bad. Yeah, he's he's out. So it's CJ McCollum, Tony Snell, who has not missed a free throw, by the way, in three seasons. (laughs) And Larry Nance. That is my favorite stat. That is my favorite stat of all of NBA. Tony Snell. Oh man, do you like that trade for uh, for the for the Pelicans? So for the Pelicans, I do because I really like CJ McCollum. They did send away Mm. Josh Hart, Nikhil Alexander Walker, and Thomas Sadoransky in two seconds. Uh, They did give uh, they did give away a first. Uh, But wait a second, what what your first is that? Um, Ah shoot, I don't know. That can't be this year, is it? Because that would not be wise. I I don't think so. Blazers. Uh, because they're pretty. I mean, uh, as we were just talking about before we started here, they are currently in the postseason. But if they're trading away this year's first, that would not be. Oh my gosh, it was. New Orleans twenty twenty two first round pick. But it does have protect. It does have protections. Yep. Which, just yep. like every single pick home. does. So it says right here the yeah. Blazers are acquiring the first. It comes to the Blazers if it lands between 5 and 14. 
And if it doesn't, uh, the first rounder kicks to the future of for Portland. Five to fourteen. These these trades get compli- more complicated every single year, I yeah, swear. It's, just, it's kind of a weird range. Yeah. Um I really like it for the Pelicans, though, like you said. CJ, I mean, he's just kind of that scoring punch that they need because Devontae Graham isn't really a guy that you can rely on every single night. And Brandon Ingram, Brandon Ingram kind of needs some help down there. So, Yeah, so if everybody played and was healthy, they'd have Devontae Graham, CJ McCollum, Brandon Ingram, Zion, and Jonas Valanciunas as their starters, which isn't enough to win a title, but it is appealing at least. Yeah, so no, it's enough to compete in the West for those six, seven, eight seeds. Uh, the third trade that we witnessed was between the Los Angeles Clippers and the Portland Trailblazers. Uh, this trade included the uh, the Clippers getting Robert Covington, Norman Powell, and then the Blazers got Eric Bledsoe. Justice Winslow, Keon Johnson, and a second-round pick. Um, when I first saw this notification, I didn't really understand why the Blazers did this. Um, who's the best player from that group? Probably Keon Johnson. Yeah, I would say. Just the young guy that has some potential, at least. Because, I mean, Bledsoe, he's, he's probably going to get cut, I would assume. Yeah. I would, yeah, I would think he'd get bought out. But, yeah, Justice Winslow, he hasn't really shown anything. I mean, people always have his, their hopes up on him, but never works out. And uh, Norm Powell, he's solid. I know the Clippers bait should have been a buck, by the way. That was part of the uh, – I think that was the Grievous Vasquez yep. trade. Yep. Uh, uh, yeah, that was very sad to – So they at least get out of the fact that – they were going to have to pay Norm Powell. Um, Robert Covington was a starter for them when McCollum was there as well, but they've mm-hmm. obviously kind of fallen off the map in Portland. Yeah, well, and for the Clippers, I mean, what's going on with Kawhi and Paul George? Like, Are they going to be back this year, <laughs> or are they just, you know, I haven't seen anything on them. They might be throwing them in the towel, it looks like. Yeah, I don't know. Getting, I mean, Norman Powell will have for next year as well. So I really like Norman Powell. The next trade came between the Sacramento Kings and the Indiana Pacers. Uh, this basically sent all two Sacramento Kings fans in the world into a tailspin as they sent away Tyrese Halliburton, who is arguably their best franchise piece. They sent yep. away Buddy Heald and Tristan Thompson, who has since said that he wants to cut, get cut and go play for a contender. That guy bounces around so much. Yeah, I couldn't even tell you who. I, I honestly didn't know he was on the Kings. hundred <laughs> <laughs> percent honest, I did not know he was on the Kings. <laughs> but I, I don't know what contender is really looking at Tristan Thompson and licking their lips at all. Then the Kings got DeMontis Sabonis, who is the key piece of this trade. Uh, they get Justin Holiday and Jeremy Lamb and a second. So there goes the Pacers' best player over to the Kings, who are kind of in the heat of trying to get a, uh, I guess, get into the playing games. Mm-hmm. Well, they they said they wanted to keep Harrison Barnes to make a playoff push, mm. which, I mean, I, I guess Harrison Barnes is decent. I was hoping that they were going to try and go get – uh, Cam Reddish, just because he's not playing on the Knicks. Tom Thibodeau didn't want him there. So, I mean, why not see if you can just give him a second rounder and throw in somebody else and get Cam Reddish and see what he's got. But I don't know. I'm not going to say I trust the Kings because, well, uh, look at their past 20 years of the franchise. They were 1-0. and uh, They are 1-0 and with the Sabonis-Fox duo since – they started so yeah they beat them t-wolves last night (laughs) (laughs) i made sure to pay attention to that game the next trade was a three-way trade it was between the portland trailblazers again the utah jazz and the san antonio spurs the jazz walk away with juan hernan gomez 
I, th- I think it's like Juancho or something. Didn't he play for the Wolves? Or is that his brother? Uh, I think he was on the Wolves. He's been on a decent amount of teams. I, he's been on. He's been thrown into trades a lot <laughs> over these past couple of years. He's a contract. He's a contract balancer. Yeah, yeah, it, that's basically him. <laughs> and then the Jazz also get Nikhil Alexander Walker, who was traded again. Initially came over from the Pelicans, and now he's on the Utah Jazz. Uh, yep. This was the most interesting piece of the trade is Joe Ingles gets traded away from the Jazz to the Blazers, and I know he's a fan favorite in Utah. He's obviously mm-hmm. out for the season. Um, my buddy Conrad that lives in Utah, he's like, yeah, he just kind of needed a new start. And I'm like, I hope that you know that he's like out for the year. Well, any, I mean, he's what, 32, 33? Yeah. <laughs> I mean... He's coming to the end of his career. I don't know if he needed a new start, but well, I'd assume that Alexander Walker is going to be a key part of their rotation now. I guess. Yeah, I, I don't know. It'll. It's the Jazz are we always a weird team, so I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Elijah Hughes also goes to the Blazers in a second round pick. Um. The Spurs, another confusing move for the Blazers because mm-hmm. we don't really know what they're trying to do. Um, mm-hmm. I think they're trying to maximize their cap space and try to land another star, but I don't know who's going to want to go to Portland. Right. I mean, and especially for Damian Lillard, what do you what do you say to that front office? Because, yeah. I mean, he, he, I, I'm pretty sure he wanted Norman Powell and Robert Covington. I mean, they kind of fit that mold of those – uh, scrappy players, the good three and D players, and like those, you, those are the guys you need around Dame. So I don't know if I'm Dame, I'm pissed off. <laughs> and then Thomas Sadaransky traded again. This time he goes to the Spurs along with a second round pick. So not really too much to dive into here. Um, just minor pieces. The one that you put in, I know this was your favorite trade was between the Miami Heat and the Oklahoma City Thunder. The Heat get a second-round pick, and the Thunder get KZ Okpala, who I don't really know much about him. And it was such an irrelevant trade that I have all of the NBA analyst tweet notifications on, and I still didn't get yep. notified of this. Yeah, I only found this out because I looked up all trades that have gone on throughout the NBA trade deadline. And this popped up. Man, is it a needle th- needle mover for them Thunder? Because Casey Akpala, I, th- I mean, I think he's a decent decent wing defender. Um, I think Heat fans really liked him, but I don't really know if he was in the rotation much. So I think they were just trying to get a second rounder just so they can build assets for a future. So then kind of today, how the day got kick-started into the trade, winds were blowing. You said you were in class when you found out about it, but there was a four-way trade. It was between the Milwaukee Bucks, the Detroit Pistons, the Sacramento Kings, and the Los Angeles Clippers. So the Kings were actually pretty decently involved in the last week. Yeah, which, I mean, I think a lot of people kind of assume they would be. There's just been so many talks on who they're going to choose, Tyrese and Fox, and if they're going to blow that team up or if they're going to try and contend for a playoff spot. And I mean, they made it pretty obvious that they're trying to get a playoff spot. So, so the Kings walk away with Dante DiVincenzo. That's the most, do you like that for the Kings? Um, Do you think he's going to start for them? I feel like there's a lot of minutes for him to get now. Yeah. Especially at that two with Tyrese gone. Yeah. Um, I think I don't know. I think he'll kind of fit there because he's into it with Davion ball handler. Because they just drafted Davion. They just drafted Davion, so they now they they're still oh, yeah. with three decent guards and Davion Mitchell, Dante, and uh, yeah. De'Aaron Fox. Fox is starting no matter what. Right. I I kind of assume uh, Mitchell is going to stay on the bench and just be that backup guard mm-hmm. for them, but. Yeah, this is actually the second time that Dante was traded to the Kings. <laughs> Don't let that distract you. Don't forget about it. Don't forget. Hey, honestly, I think that won the Bucks championship. Because I think if that trade goes through, you know, who knows what happens. <laughs> so 
The Kings walk away with Dante DiVincenzo, Trey Lyles, and Josh Jackson. Josh Jackson's another guy that I feel like it's traded every single season. Yeah. Well, especially because, I mean, everyone was so high on him because he's a big wing defender, and then he just sucks. Hmm. He doesn't do anything for anybody. The Bucks walk away with Serge Ibaka, who I looked at his stats and they didn't blow me away, but he also has been hurt a lot this season. He gives them another big man in case Brooke Lopez uh, and Bobby and, you know, anything goes wrong there. Mm-hmm. We at least have another guy to fall back on. We just need to make sure and hope that he's healthy. We also walked away with two second rounders and some money. Um. I kind of looked at this the way when we got P.J. Tucker last year. I think a lot of people looked at P.J. Tucker's stats and were like, how is he going to help us? And then, I mean, everybody saw what he did in the playoffs. I think Serge Ibaka brings that same intensity. He brings that veteran leadership. Um, it allows Bobby to tone it down a little bit. Even though Bobby's been playing so great, mm-hmm. it'll be nice to get him some rest and let Serge Ibaka get those big men down low and let Giannis play the four instead of playing the five so much we also got rid of two more players uh they were both off-season signings in rodney hood who is going to the clippers uh and semi ojale who is also going to the clippers and thank god because i was sick (laughs) of watching him play professional basketball he is bad and um, i think i think all of buck's twitter was very happy to see him go so it does free up two roster spots for inevitably whoever is going to be cut and all, mm-hmm. could be a buyout candidate. Is there any names that you like? Uh, I know you mentioned Dennis Schroeder, potentially if you would get bought out. Um, another guy was, uh, I don't know if the Spurs plan on doing it, but Goran Dragic, I don't know if he plans on getting bought out, yeah. but I hate Goran Dragic, but mm-hmm. I think he would help the Bucks a lot. So, so like Grayson Allen. I hate exactly. Grayson Allen. <laughs> exactly, but he just he fit he fits that mold so well of that good defender, good three point shooter, and just good facilitator. Mm-hmm. I know the name Thaddeus Young was bounced around a lot as well. He was part of another mm-hmm. trade we're going to talk about in a second here. Um, I don't. He's on the Raptors now, and they're kind of in the thick of potentially. Uh, yep. you know, uh, competing in the playoffs. So I, I don't know if they'd really get rid of him as he could help them out. Right. Well, especially, I mean, since we already got a big with Serge Ibaka, I, I think he fits. Because I, I know a lot of people were hoping Thad Young was going to get bought out when we were going to get him. But now that we got Ibaka, it doesn't feel like we need Thad Young as, at, at all. Uh, the Pistons also in this trade get Marvin Bagley, which was a decent piece because the Kings... Um, have been dangling him around for quite a while, and I know they spent decent draft capital on him as well. So that just mm-hmm. gives another young piece over to the Pistons. And finally lets us see if Marvin Bagley can actually play. Yeah. Because he'll get a shot, that's for sure. Yeah. Next trade was between the San Antonio Spurs and the Toronto Raptors. Kind of what I was just talking about. The Raptors are getting Thaddeus Young Drew Eubanks and a second round pick. Uh, the Spurs are getting Goran Dragic and then a protected first round pick. What? Why is the first round pick part of this trade? Did the Raptors want that young that bad? Or is Eubanks playing pretty I, good? I, I think Eubanks is decent, but I mean, the Raptors didn't have any depth because I know, I don't know if you saw the game where they played against the Heat where their starters played, I think, 50-some minutes. Yeah, Boucher. Uh, they just didn't – yeah, they didn't have anybody on their bench. So I think they really needed to add depth, so they got really desperate on it. And Drogic wasn't playing for them, so. I don't know if you witnessed the Raptors roster when they were throwing out uh, some dude named, like, U2 Watanabe and DJ Wilson. Oh man, DJ Wilson, love DJ Wilson. Yeah, he just exploded for like forty in the D league, in the G League. I just saw. Yeah, he's on the he's on the Thunder's G League team, right? Yes, he would be. Okay, so Devin I Eubanks, called him up yet. Where is he? I don't see him here. Utah Washington. Drew Eubanks. That's what I was talking about. Oh, Drew Eubanks. 
Yes. Yeah, I don't know. I don't really know much about him. Uh, he's a decent big. I mean, doesn't really do a whole lot, but he's averaging four points and four rebounds on 12 minutes. Hmm. So he'll just be a bench player for the Raptors. Oh, I see that the Raptors plan on waving him. Oh, so, so nothing. Never mind. <laughs> and then we got to the most important trade of the day between the Brooklyn Nets and the Philadelphia 76ers. So our morning started off with, I think it was Woj tweeting out saying like, Harden does prefer to be traded, but doesn't want the public to know about it because he doesn't want to, the persona that he's been traded to two teams in two years or something. I'm like, so he doesn't want to know, but then Woj goes ahead and snitches on it. Got it. That doesn't make sense. Right. Right. There's just so that whole James, I didn't, every single report that I saw with James Harden or the Sixers or the Nets, I didn't even read because there's no point in doing it until anything's official. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, who really knows? It's the same thing with, like, Aaron Rodgers. Nobody knows what's going on with him. Yeah. It's like when someone will tweet, like, Aaron Rodgers took a tour of a house down in Nashville. Titans right. confirmed. Uh, that that doesn't tell me anything. Like, <laughs> just please stop. Please stop. Um, So, do you think this makes the Nets a lot better? Yes, absolutely. I mean... I will say though, when when the three played together, so Harden, Irving, and uh, KD, which was only mm. sixteen games total, that's it. Um, they mm. were pretty unstoppable. You can kind of throw out when um, Harden was playing when he was hurt, um, but obviously we know from the series that we played against, they both got hurt individually at different times. Uh, but mm-hmm. you know they were pretty great when they were all three together. Um, but regardless, you can see, and I know some people in this group chat I'm in, we're talking about it today that uh, James Harden does not blow past people as easily as he used to. Um, mm. He still has a step back move. He has clearly gained a little bit of weight. Um, it'll be actually very interesting to see how he is on the 76ers now that, you know, he was not happy about whatever he wasn't unhappy about he's always pissed and whining about something but was there was there ever a report why he was unhappy i don't know I mean, he was Probably getting his shots he was getting the ball i i guess i i feel like Kyrie definitely could have irked him a little bit with his whole stance in which he's a part-time player that had to have played part in it yeah yeah that's fair i mean i'm obviously harden wants to play with another superstar because always in his career he had to have another superstar on his team yeah. so except when he was with the rockets where he was like yeah well he guy. did get chris paul at the end yeah yeah, but... yeah um now i personally like ben simmons and I, as we know he's like a top five defender in the league mm-hmm. uh not gifted offensively unless he is dishing the rock and i i'm very very intrigued to see how Kyrie and Kevin Durant, who clearly are both dynamic scorers, um, right. can do with Ben Simmons. If he's if he just comes in and he says, literally, I'm not going to shoot at all. I'm not going to even try to score unless I'm an inch away from the rim, which he still didn't do against the Hawks. Um, <laughs> he could be very, very valuable because he's great defensively and he's really, really good as kind of like the floor general. And then you to kind of counter as well, the Nets walk away with Seth Curry, who mm-hmm. is one of the best shooters in the NBA. And then they also get a big in Andre Drummond, who is another big, uh, to kind of help their depth issues there in Brooklyn. Yeah. So when I looked at this trade, I kind of looked at, like, I just compared it to the Bucs. Because the Bucs, the Bucs are the number one team in the East to me, no matter what the standings say. So it's like, does Ben Simmons, is he going to be able to stop Giannis? Because he, I'm assuming he's going to be the one guarding him yeah. at the end of the day. Is he enough to stop Giannis? And I, I don't see it. Mm-hmm. I just We don't know what kind of Giannis shape he's in, too. Rest. Right, exactly. I mean, we have no clue what – I'm guessing he can't be in the best shape of his life because he's not playing at the top tier. Mm-hmm. So, but – and if you – Kevin Durant and Kyrie kind of need the ball 
nowadays to score. So is Ben Simmons going to be the point guard? Is he going to be more of a power forward? Like what position, if a position works for him, you know, what is he going to play for that team? It all depends on like the role that they, they have him in. But I think Kevin Durant kind of set Ben Simmons straight and say, Hey, this is what we need you to do. If you don't do this, you won't play. I personally, I've always been a Ben Simmons fan. I I consider him a very talented basketball Mm -hmm. player. It's just clear as day. And I was talking with one of my students about this today. Um, If you think back to when like Rajon Rondo was really, really good on Boston, Mm -hmm. they had Ray Allen, Kevin Garnett, and Paul Pierce around him. And Rondo did not need to score. And I mean, yes, he still got right around 10 points like all the time, but he still was getting tons of steals, rebounds, and assists. Um, due to the players that were around him. I think Simmons has all the players, and I would assume from Kevin Durant and Kyrie, he's going to have the buy-in, and they're going to definitely embrace him. We'll have to see. The the big question mark when it comes to the Nets ceiling for the rest of the season is going to come down to, is Kyrie eventually going to become a full-time guy? And if not, they're obviously at a severe disadvantage if he does. Yep. All bets are off. I mean, Brooklyn's probably the favorite to come out of the East. Yeah, and I'm I'm sick of listening to Stephen A. talk <laughs> about the Nets and how the Bucks are discredited for this and that, and how Giannis can't perform the playoffs or clutch moments. I'm I'm loving JJ Reddick because he's finally taking a stand on that. Hmm. I don't know if you've seen a lot of the clips on it, but they're really butting heads on first takes. So. Uh, I'm sick of Stephen A. at this point. Is JJ Redick a new first take guy? Um, I don't know if he's consistently on it, but I've seen clips of him on it oh. uh, this past couple weeks. So I think he might just be like a special guest type. I don't. I personally don't watch ESPN anymore, just because it's. Uh, I get my news from Bleacher Report and all that. So, and I don't have time to watch TV at this point. <laughs> oh boy! Just zoomed way in on this computer. What just happened? Um, I thought it was really funny how, uh, it's really, I think it's really funny how Brooklyn went, or not Brooklyn, Philadelphia went from wanting all these pieces to giving up all these pieces when it comes to Simmons. Like they had such a high asking price and then they walk away with one guy in James Harden. And so they completely like flipped the script on it. Right. Well, and they, they, we're talking about getting they were in talks with like the kings and they wanted tyrese and all that but they didn't want to give up so much just for tyrese and then they give up two first drummond curry and simmons just to get a guy that's been underperforming all year and who doesn't really i don't know if he fits the Embiid play style it's i don't know you get two guys that have not performed well in the playoffs in the last couple of years and then you have a coach in Doc Rivers who has not been a good coach in these past couple of years. Um, so, I mean, you got two superstars, arguably, with Joel Embiid and James Harden. Um, they did obviously get away with two of their depth pieces. Um, the Nets scare me way more than the 76ers, to kind of go mm-hmm. back to what we talked about at the beginning. Right. Well, and like like I said, with the Nets, uh, for the 76ers, who guards Giannis? Mm-hmm. I, they don't have anybody. Joel Embiid is too slow to keep up with Giannis. And I th- honestly, I think Giannis is just too big for him. Mm-hmm. Even though Joel Embiid is a big body, just, I mean, as big as you can get in the NBA, I don't think he's big enough to stop Giannis at this point. Probably like Tybal, I assume. <sighs> he's too small? I, yeah. I, I don't know. It's just... The, the Sixers don't match up with the Bucks well, so. The next deal we had was Boston Celtics and Orlando Magic. This trade was an absolute banger. Uh, <laughs> Bull Bull goes to the Magic. Honestly, I completely forgot that he got traded away from Denver. Uh, PJ Dozier and cash considerations go to the Magic. And then you had, we kind of were talking about it beforehand, um, about the Magic's Twitter account. 
tweeted out that they didn't even announce the bull boy PJ Dozer. They <laughs> tweeted out that they got cash. <laughs> Welcome. <laughs> I to guess the... that's the biggest move that the Magic have made in the last five years. It feels like they tweeted like "Welcome to the O cash considerations." <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I I, I want to take a look at like the Orlando Magic uh, Reddit just to see what those fans are thinking at this point. Yeah. And then Celtics get a second rounder, so kind of just a dump. Yeah, I, I just to get rid of salary and all that. Uh, and they get an asset in the second rounder. Then the Celtics come right back and make another trade with the San Antonio Spurs. Celtics get Derek White, who I really, really like from the Spurs. I'm surprised that the Spurs got rid of him, honestly. Um, yeah, because he's, he's on a friendly deal with, like I think he's done like a three-year 40 mil or something like that. So he's on a really good deal. And then also, additionally, yeah, I'll let you kind of kind of uh, gauge that. But then we also have the Spurs. They got Romeo Langford, Josh Richardson, who was not the floor spacer that they imagined that he'd be, and a first-round mm-hmm. pick. So Spurs get two first-round picks up to this point. They got one from the Raptors, and they got one from the Celtics. So Derek White is on a four-year, seventy-mil contract. So I mean, not the so three left after contract. this one. Uh, he is signed through twenty twenty-five. Oh yeah, so he'll be so, he'll be with them for some time. Yep. But um, yeah, I, re- I was really sad that Josh Richardson didn't work out for the Celtics because I really like him. It's just that three and D type guy, but he just didn't fit <laughs> with them, especially with. Because Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown are already kind of, they're the same mold as Josh Richardson, just more talented than mm-hmm. him. So it didn't really ever fit. Then we had the Charlotte Hornets come back and get a little bit uh, bigger mm-hmm. in size. And they traded away uh, to the Washington Wizards. Um, they traded away Ish Smith, Vernon Carey, who uh, one, of my, one of my friends, Isaac, he said, I'm not too familiar with his work. And a second round pick, and in exchange for Montrez Harrell coming from the Wizards, who I actually saw a tweet before all these trades started happening that the Wizards were making everybody not named Kyle Kuzma and Bradley Beal available for trade. Real? He tweeted it out. Yeah. Wow, that's. Or no, 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 that's not crazy. a guy. I'm just saying I saw a tweet say that. Oh, oh, okay. I thought you meant Montrez Harrell no, tweeted no, no. that out. Okay, wow. I was about to say. <laughs> but I, I, that doesn't really surprise me for the Wizards. I thought they would keep Trez. I like Montrez. But that's a big move for the Hornets. They finally get a, a big man. I mean, Plumlee shooting, I think, 37 from the free throw line. Mm. So <laughs> they need some help in that department. Yeah. Then, and it's the lowest anybody's shot since Shaq. Oh so, boy. Yeah. The Wizards pull a magic move, uh, and they grab cash considerations, and Suns grab Aaron Holiday. Um, where does he rank in the tier of the Holiday brothers? Is he the second or the third best? I would say he's third. Okay. Uh, I mean, I just rank Justin Holiday just because he's a really good defender. He's just lanky. So that's the only reason I put him above Aaron Holiday. And the Suns make another move. They actually grabbed Torrey Craig, who they had last year anyways, and the Bucks traded him early to them early in the year. Do you recall that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and... Which, uh, for, sorry. Um, when the Bucks traded him to the Suns, I, I hated that. Mm-hmm. I thought Torrey Craig was going to be a big piece yeah, of them, same. like a good defender down, down the stretch, and then he just never played. Mm-hmm. So I'm kind of getting the same feeling this year. So I don't know. And then the Pacers grabbed Jalen Smith, who was the really tall dude from Maryland. He's got rec specs. Uh, the Suns weren't using him at all. So, again, Pacers are completely rebuilding. This is an opportunity for him to get more minutes and see if he's actually a valuable guy. And then they also get a second-round pick for this. I think the Pacers just won that trade because I don't, I don't really know if the Suns are going to fit him right into their – to their rotation, knowing that everything is really clicking for them already. Right. Well, and the Pacers are finally, like, they finally picked, because they were they were talking <clears> that <throat> they wanted Sabonis or Turner, and they finally picked between them, 
And then, I mean, Jalen Smith, we really have no clue what he offers. So he could be a really good asset for him. And then Chris Stapps gets traded uh, again. He was on Dallas, and now he is a Washington Wizard. He has been traded to the Wizards for Davis Bertans and Spencer Dinwiddie, two pretty sizable contracts that the Mavs are taking on. Um, Bertans, he obviously had that one year where he was just lights out from three. Mm -hmm. Dinwiddie, uh, what was the main purpose behind that? I think it has something to do with Jalen Brunson, I'd assume. I, I honestly don't get this move from the Mavs at all. I know Kristaps has been kind of hurt, inconsistent, but I don't see Dinwiddie and Bertans going to the Mavs and making them any better. Hmm. Especially because um, they're in the heart of the playoffs. Right. <clears throat> so, And I, I know the Washington Wizards, I, all those guys didn't like Dinwiddie because they said he wasn't playing well, he wasn't really trying, blah, 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 blah. So I, I figured he'd be on the move, but I just didn't see. I don't see the Mavs as, as a good fit. Initially, when I saw the trade, I just saw Dinwiddie to the Mavs, and I loved it. Because, I mean, Dinwiddie, uh, Donkic, uh, Jalen Bronson, and Kristaps, I mean, it's a decent rotation. But then I saw the Kristaps, and I lost my mind. And then the last trade that we saw was the Celtics getting Daniel Tice back. So it's like the reunion tour in the last couple trades. Uh, and the Rockets <laughs> get Dennis Schroeder, who we previously already talked about. Um, I've never thought anything super good about Daniel Tice. He's kind of just a guy. He's the guy that likes to get postered by Giannis. Yeah. That is for sure. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, I, yeah, I don't know. I saw that trade and just threw it to the wayside. It doesn't. Rockets, I mean, they're. I would assume they're going to buy out Schroeder maybe or let him play. I don't, I yeah, don't know. They're not trying to win games. With them. Exactly. And I think, I think Schroeder. <laughs> I don't know if Schroeder helps them win games, but he's a better piece than what they had. So, And then you made a note in here about the two notable teams that did not make a trade, being the Lakers, who it was funny. I was watching the tail end of ESPN's trade deadline coverage, and mm-hmm. um, I think it was like Brian Windhorst read off and was like, the Lakers are going to be focused in on the buyout candidates. And like Richard Jefferson and Kendrick Perkins just start burst out laughing. And they're like they like dap each other up, like laughing so hard about Lakers. <laughs> I just they don't. How do you not make a move after you lose to the Trailblazers, <laughs> who just traded their whole team? Yeah. I mean, oh, I just lost my mind. I thought they would at least. I didn't think they would move Russ because it just felt like they would have to rush the deal and they wouldn't get what they wanted. Um, but I thought they would try and move Kendrick Nunn with um, Taylor and Horton Tucker. I thought they would try and move him, but I, I don't know. They must have faith in what they have over there. And LeBron must like what he has because we all know LeBron's kind of running the show over there. The GM, yep. <laughs> what was your best overall trade? Like if you had to look back and – now when you say best trade, do you think it was like – are you saying like even or like someone just winning the trade? Um, I would say even, okay. um, and I think that's, for me, it's the um, the Kings Pacers, just because, now I didn't personally like the trade for the Kings, but the Kings got Sabonis, who's a good player, who's, he will help them make that playoff push, so uh, the reasoning behind that trade made sense for them, yep. since they want to make that push, and then the Pacers... They finally made a decision after like three years of just being mediocre. They finally get to say, okay, we can build around Tyrese and Turner. You know, let's get those pieces around those guys. Mm -hmm. So that's the biggest thing for that. Um, Yeah. I really like the Pacers trades overall. If we're talking, if we're talking like one team winning it and like helping their chances the most, it's definitely the Nets getting Simmons, Curry, Drummond, and two firsts they also didn't have many assets so um that really helped them out the best i would agree with you in what you made mention of with the pacers and the kings and that if you're talking about what both teams wanted to do pacers getting younger slash tanking kings you know trying to make a push for one of those play-in games Mm -hmm. uh, it did help them both 
out. So, but if you look at the rest of them, none of them were over the top. I again, I like the the Pelicans trade and getting CJ McCollum. Yeah. Um, because they have the they have no clue what the Blazers are doing at all. Yeah, I, I don't know how that GM is still there. How I, I'm surprised the fans haven't burned down that stadium at this point. Because wow. And you said you like the Cavs trade. I do. You really like I, I like they were making. I, I like um I like Levert. So um putting him into that team which is currently right in the middle of the playoff hunt. Um mm-hmm. I think he could be a valuable asset for them in the playoffs. That team is so fun to watch too. They're just so energetic. Mm-hmm. Just young and you know, they could be not a force, but they could just be interesting for some years now. Right. Well, I mean, they have Markinen playing the three when he's in, which is just bizarre. Because if you look at Markinen and when he was on the Bulls, you'd never think he'd be anything. And then you put him at a three spot, and he's actually playing well with Mobley and Allen. I mean, the size that they have is insane. Mm-hmm. So um, before we get into the next point, I just saw a tweet from Frank Madden, and he said, because someone asked if they waive Monroe after the 10-day contract, does that leave them with three open spots? Or does someone on a 10-day contract not count? And he said Monroe counts, so right now they're currently at 13 because Mamu okay. and the other dude don't count as the two ways. Um, he also said he assumes that Monroe won't get the second 10-day contract since they just got Ibaka. So if that would be the case, that would bring him back down to 12, which means they have really three spots available for buyout people. Jeez, that's that's a lot of wiggle room for the Bucks. So I don't know who – I really don't know who – it really depends on who gets bought out at this point because mm-hmm. I have no clue. Um, but I know – I wanted to mention quick, I'm surprised that the Nets were able to hold on to Patty Mills. I thought they were going to have to throw him in the deal just because this – I mean, the Sixers only got – how do you only get Harden out of that? Mm-hmm. You can't get any – that's just bizarre <laughs> to me because their asking price was so high. Yeah. Yeah, but I like the Pacers. I, I like what the Pacers did. They didn't go all in on the uh, the movement of their pieces. They probably could have got something younger for Brogdon or picks. Right. Um, they didn't go full thunder. But <laughs> Oh, man. I don't want to see any team do what the Thunder is doing. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I, I like what the Thunder are doing, but I, I can't see that happen again. Lou Dort faced the franchise. Oh, love Lou Dort. <laughs> I became such a big fan of him when he was in the bubble, man. Let's take a look at where the current conferences stand, and then we'll wrap up the show here. So if we look at the Eastern Conference right now, we're looking at seating-wise. The Heat, Bucks, Bulls, Cavs, Sixers, and Raptors are not in the play-in. So we just talked about the Cavs a little bit. Um, Sixers, they might take a step back. Not too far, though, I don't think. Mm-hmm. And then currently in the play-in tournament would be the Celtics, Nets, Hornets, and Hawks. You can only assume that the Nets uh, will be moving up. And right. then out of the playoffs right now, but not far behind, are the Wizards a game and a half back. I don't think they're going to creep in, though, because they don't really have... I mean, they have Porzingis, and that's it with Beal being out. And then the yeah. Knicks are two and a half back. Um, who knows? Knicks could get hot. Uh, but... If you look at the teams that are above them, who do you think is at most risk to like miss the playoffs completely, miss the play-in game? I would say the Hornets. Okay, uh, they just been playing really bad lately, and I mean, yeah, you get a Bleacher Report notification every single game from then. Oh my God, Kelly Oubre dunked on this person, Bridges dunked on this person, and then you look at the score and they're down thirty. <laughs> so <laughs> the same thing with the. Bucks Lakers, LeBron dunked on Giannis, and the Lakers were down twenty five, and that's the first thing you heard from Bleacher Report on that game. Mm-hmm. So, but looking at that, um, I kind of forgot about the Hawks. I'm surprised they didn't make a deal because they're sitting in that play in spot after reaching the conference finals. Mm-hmm. I was expecting a big jump from them this year. So, who do you think is going to be the team that's going to jump up seeds wise the most? Um. I want to say the Nets, but like we really have no clue what Ben Simmons is going to be. Yeah. Um, I think the Sixers pass the Cavs and the Bulls. Uh, 
the Bulls don't, I just don't see them being a team that can really contend for the East at this point, especially with their defense. I know Caruso and Ball are out, but DeRozan's just not a good defender. Vucevic is not the guy that they need down low. They just lack a lot of defense in that area. So, mm-hmm. If we look at the Western, well, the last note in the East is I basically have penciled the Pacers, Magic, and Pistons out because they are uh, a decent amount back right now, mm-hmm. and I don't think they're going to go on a win streak by any means, any of those three. No. Who do you, who do you think is going to make a push? I think that the Nets are going to make the push. I don't. They're going to jump the Celtics, I think for sure. Um, mm-hmm. The Raptors, now that Siakam's back, they could jump over them. I could see them getting to like the four or five matchup. Yeah. Looking at like the the standings right now, I really like it because the Bucks are avoiding the Heat. They're avoiding the Cavs and the Sixers because they're on the other side, and. If the Bucs can avoid all those teams until the conference finals, that's such a big deal. I was just about to say that, yeah, because they'd be currently the two seed, so they would get the Cavs and the, realistically, like if everything held, they would get the winner of the the Bulls and the, uh, or the, sorry, yeah, the Bulls and the Celtics. Uh, yeah, the Bulls and the, whoever the seven seed would be yeah. from the play-in. So, Yeah. If you take a look at the West, then we have the Suns, Warriors, Grizzlies, Jazz, Mavericks, and Nuggets currently in the legitimate playoff bracket. And then in the play-in tournament, we have, speaking of play-in tournament, do you like it? Are you okay with it? Or do you want it gone? I really like the play-in tournament. It just lets more teams be more competitive. Um, I mean, you saw John Morant ball out last year in it. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It just adds a different dynamic. I like when things are different in the NBA. So, because I mean, you just see so many times you see the best team winning every single time. So, I like it. Per, I mean, personally, if you were to ask me, and it's a very bold change, and I don't think it will ever happen, I would combine the conferences when it comes to the playoffs and then reseed. Mm-hmm. Um, just because that really determines your legitimate champion, I think, more so than the conferences especially if one is off but i think this year it's pretty well balanced in both conferences so i'm i'm fine with it yeah yeah i agree with that if we look at the play-in tournament right now in the west it would be the minnesota timberwolves the clippers the lakers and the pelicans um god there are some ugly teams in that play-in tournament (laughs) it's it's crazy all four of them none of them are good (laughs) It's crazy because you, like the past years, you would say that about the Eastern Conference. Yeah. And now it's really just flip-flopped, which is, yeah, I mean. Eastern Eastern uh, play-in tournament looks pretty solid right now. Not the West. Yeah. Yeah, because, I mean, any, like those four playoff te- <laughs> play-in teams on the Eastern Conference, I can see any of those teams in a seven-game series beating whoever they come out and play in the real playoffs. Mm-hmm. But I can't say the same for the Western Conference. Yeah, and then if you look at who's right behind them, the Blazers are one game out, but again, they're bad and Damien's out. Kings are right. two and a half out, which is the one to keep an eye on. Now that they made that uh, Sabonis trade, they could you know, they could pass the Pelicans, but McCullough might keep them relevant, and who knows if Zion's coming back. Spurs mm-hmm. are two and a half out, and then I basically penciled out the Thunder and the Rockets. Who do you think is most at danger from that play-in to miss the playoff completely of the four it's got to be the clippers Mm. just with the question marks around Kawhi and paul george um i love reggie jackson love him but man is he ugly to watch sometimes (laughs) (laughs) but clutch moments you can count on them that's Mm -hmm. for sure what about you i i'm gonna lean the pelicans i truly don't believe in the pelicans um, right now at least. But if Zion comes back and he's healthy, they could definitely get themselves in it. I don't think the Lakers are going to fall completely out. There's no way. Right. I and mean, the Wolves are kind James. of too far ahead right now, to be honest. Mm-hmm. And I think Ant, Ant and Cat, um, <laughs> the two animals, <laughs> uh, I mean, I, they're just, I think they're too talented to fall out that spot. 
because if you look at like the Kings and or, I'm sorry, the Clippers, the T Wolves are just so much more talented than that team just on paper. So I don't I don't see the T Wolves falling out of that spot, and I also don't see the Nuggets or Mavs or Jazz falling into the playing spot as well. I'm going to pivot my answer. I'm going to change to the Clippers as well. Just because as I start thinking and looking at the actual depth chart of the Clippers, it's bad knowing that, mm-hmm. with, I mean, you look at who they put out there, they could definitely fall out. And, you know, even the Lakers could jump over the top of them. Um, God, the teams that are on the outside looking in, none of them even impress me, with the exception being possibly the Kings um, right. as getting in. Right. I really like I like the Spurs. I like DeJounte Murray. Um I I don't I didn't say it on this podcast or anything, but I kind of called the DeJounte Murray breakout season. I love the way he plays. He's such a good defender. He kind of reminds me of a Drew Holiday, mm. just a little bit taller and lankier. So, I personally think the Spurs could make a jump depending if he continues to play at the All-Star level, but yeah. with Derek White on the move, I don't know. Who's the player or who's the team that you could see making a jump in seeding wise, the biggest jump? It, it's got to be the Lakers. Mm-hmm. I, I'm still convinced they're going to start playing well at some point. What about you? Uh, so when does Jamal Murray come back, or is he out the entire season? He, I want to say he should be back sometime. I don't want to say soon. But I would say towards the end of the season, mm. let me take a look. Since he's on my fantasy team, I can take a look <laughs> quick. Yeah, he's one of your many injured players. Yeah, just sitting on the along with uh, Colin Sexton and Jeez. James Wiseman. It, it doesn't look like there's too much optimism he's coming back. That's crazy. And that's, that's really sad because he's such a big part of what the Nuggets do. That pick and roll with him and Jokic is so hard to stop, as we saw in the bubble, for example. I would say if you're looking at the team with the highest potential to to jump up seed wise, yeah, I would agree. It'd be the Lakers, um, just because if you look at the teams at the top, like Suns, Warriors, and Grizzlies, I don't think they're going to fall too much. The Jazz, mm-hmm. they're not going to make a major jump. Mavs aren't going to make a major major jump since they just made that trade, and I don't think that the players they're bringing in are going to be big time needle movers. And the Nuggets are just kind of what they are. Um, mm-hmm. The Wolves aren't over the top great. The Lakers are the only ones that have like the highest potential of those teams in the play-in to to make a jump. I mean, you could, I guess, you could argue the Kings slash Spurs, just if you're going to count how many seeds they would jump up. Uh, but I'll go with the Lakers to kind of agree with what you said. Yeah, and I, I completely forgot about the Mavs. I I I think they take a step back without Kristaps because uh, who their bigs at this point? Mm-hmm. Boban. <laughs> Legend. <laughs> I mean, as as much as I love him, I don't know if he's a great player for them. Hmm. I'm actually gonna take a look at that because I have no clue who their bigs are. And I know they got Dwight Max Powell, Cleaver. D- yep, Dwight Powell. Um, let's take a look. Mavs roster. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Dwight Powell. Max Kleber, Moses Brown. I do like Moses Brown. I completely forgot about him. But, I mean, outside of that, I just, I don't know. I can see them taking a step back. Well, that's really all we got. Do you have any final thoughts on the NBA? Uh, Bucks and six, baby. <laughs> Always I, 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 I will stand that, and I, I truly think, even though the Bucks aren't favorites, the way they're playing right now, they're finally healthy. With Brooke Lopez not even back, the Bucks are still my favorites. Mm-hmm. We'll have to get another episode in here. I don't know exactly when, but maybe in like two weeks and actually do oh, yeah. it this time. And, and I'll make sure we do it this time. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, have to, we'll have to see how the trades do, you know, how those yeah. pieces fit and all that. You so. can see the fallout in about two weeks and then we can – Eventually, you're going to have to get back on here to talk about the, the playoff bracket when it's out, including the play-in tournament. Yep. You got a prediction oh, yeah. for uh, Sunday's Super Bowl? Uh, I got Cincinnati Bengals winning 27-24. to 24. Wow. And I got them hitting a field goal 
maybe not as time expires, but in the last couple minutes. Mm. And just because, I mean, they drafted that kicker for a reason. And he's just been so good. It would just be such a good ending to that season for him. And I love Joe Burrow. I'll take the, the I'll take the Rams 24-17 only because I have big money on the Rams to win the Super Bowl in Vegas okay. or not Vegas I should say in Illinois. Uh, I actually <laughs> made a preseason bet. I always put down $20 on an MB on five NFL teams to win the Super Bowl. Uh, okay. this year I had the Chargers, the payout would have been like 1300. So when they were mm-hmm. in the playoff push, I was obviously very excited. I had the Packers, right. and they were the second largest payout. I think it was like three sixty or something. Uh, mm-hmm. And then it was the Bills were third, and then the Rams, who I'm still waiting on. It's uh, it would be three twenty, is what the payout would be. And then the, I had the Chiefs, which was only about like sixty five or something. Right, right. So I need I need this paycheck. <laughs> It all depends on how the Bengals line does against that Rams defense. Because mm-hmm. I mean, that Rams defensive line, <laughs> Donald could just dominate. So, yeah, I'd be curious to see if you put twenty dollars on the Bengals in the preseason, what they were at. It had to have been oh really God. low because they were coming oh, off yeah. a four-win I mean, season. Right, and everybody didn't believe in Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow because they thought they should draft an offensive lineman. So, yeah. yeah. Well, we'll see how it pans out. And, uh, of course, as always, thanks for joining me on this great trade deadline update. We finally had some meat into it with the Bucs. And we'll have to see how Serge does in these next two weeks. Hopefully he's healthy enough to uh, make an impact. But with Bobby there, he's just kind of the the second fiddle, I'd assume, right now. Might Mm -hmm. be more useful in the playoffs, though. So that is all we have on this episode of Words with Logan and Friends. Thanks for listening, and hopefully we'll see you in two weeks. As long as my ass stays committed. Goodbye.